The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death! dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for? Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do my only help. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I, 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 Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi. Mandalorians, and everyone else to another edition of the New Force Order for Life podcast. We are a Star Wars podcast. And if you did not know that by now, then... I do not know what to tell you, except you need to take your head out of your tuchus and stop yub-nubbing and realize that you have no hope. And if you don't have hope, Doc, what can they not do? They can't build rebellions because rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That is right. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the Greek god, Papa Don, a.k.a. GGP, a.k.a. the Alpha and Omega of Pro Wrestling, a.k.a. the Ring General, never a citizen of Leg Slap City, the governor of Realtown, multi-time champion. In a galaxy far, far away, current heavyweight champion in two promotions. But most importantly, I am a Star Wars aficionado. And next to me is the man of the hour who's too sweet to be sour. With the 24-inch arms who calls all the harm. And has his girly, your girly. On his arms Introduce yourself sir 
Before I do that, I want to say R.I.P. to superstar Billy Graham, as Papa Don referenced him in this little opening here. I am smarter than 2-1-B, more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder. And Pop, did you know that as much as General Grievous hated Jedi scum, Padme Amidala loved Jedi come, Dr. Destroyo, <laughs> Alex Arroyo. <laughs> I was trying to get you while you're drinking that soda. See, you spit across the room. I <laughs> like Padme, huh? <laughs> hey, you never know. Jewish girls are swallowers. Like, uh, from uh, personal experience. There you go. The man is Shevitz King over here. I love Speaking it. Of, someone's yelling at me via text message. You're screaming. Going to wake the kiddos. Sorry, babe. Tell her to go make a sandwich. Text her back. Papa Han says to go make a sandwich. <laughs> this way I can't scream with my mouth full. <laughs> Tell them, tell them that we have something in common. <laughs> what are you painting over there, real quick? Uh, I'm doing a kind of uh, my own design of this custom GI Joe Viper, Cobra Viper, Jump Trooper, blah blah blah, whatever. Nice, 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 nice. Side quest, side quest. Gotcha, side piece. So, okay, uh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Before wait, we wait. go any further, I want I want to tell, tell you a couple things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta tell you the jokes off there because they're too they're too harsh for it to be on there. Um, first, two jo- thing, jokes off there. Oof, that's bad. Okay. Right. First thing, I saw a meme the other day. He said my, and it was funny. He goes, a friend of mine, such an entrepreneur. He says he wanted to go open a food cart and park it in front of Chick Fil A on Sundays when they're closed and call it Side Chick. Side Chick. Yes, that's a good one. I thought it was brilliant. I had to share that with you. I make a lot of money. All right, what do you say? Uh, no, I was gonna, I was gonna jump right into the action. Uh, all right, let's go. Time, right. time, time, time for some action. So let's go. Um, I had a very interesting offshoot, um, one degree of separation meeting this week, by the way. Uh, really? For yeah, for a Star Wars, uh, for, from a Star Wars uh, personality. So, as many of the readers probably readers listeners. Oh, can reads. I guess? Can I guess? Yes. Uh, sure. Grand Marf Tarkin's ashes. I wish that would be that would actually have been a little bit cooler than what happened. What actually happened? Um, so this this week, my wife and I were in my lovely, wife. lovely San Diego. Oh, a whale's vagina. Whale's vagina. Thank you very much. If you watch Anchorman, you always get my joke. Um, and I was interviewing as well as she was for a new job potentially. Um, in lovely San Diego. We'll see what happens. Um. You're gonna leave me. No. Sound like my mother right now, actually, which is even funnier. Why are you gonna leave me, Alex? Why? Yeah, that sounds like my mother, actually. Wow, that's, that's an amazing impersonation of my mom right now. Uh, oh, your podcast sucks. Don't yeah, leave me. Exactly. That's really my mom. Um, and um, I interviewed with this uh, this woman who was a physician. Um, she does what I do. I do pediatric emergency medicine, as many of you know, and um. She had walked in and noticed that I was wearing some stance socks, and they were actually my Empire Strikes Back socks because um, I was leaning back, and they were very, very loud. And she goes, oh, I like your socks. They stance. I said, yes, they are stance. I said, they're my, my Star Wars socks. She goes, oh, are you a big Star Wars fan? I said, actually, I'm a very big Star Wars fan. I have my own Star Wars podcast. I was trying to impress her, but that really didn't work. And she you goes, huh. took, You should have took your pants off. You would have yeah, got the job. Exactly. And then she goes, Too cool. cool. She goes, Too oh. cool. She goes, oh, then you probably know my cousin. My cousin was in a Star Wars movie. And I'm like, oh, who's that cousin? 
like you know fucking alien number one and she goes my oh my cousin's kelly marie tran and i said your cousin's rose tico and she goes yes and then i proceeded to jump over the table headbutt her as hard as i can and throw her out of the third story window because no <laughs> we <laughs> all love to rose tico kelly marie tran um and apparently kelly marie tran is this young lady's first cousin like literally first cousin like her dad uh, is and her dad's brother is Kelly Tran's father. So first cousin, they see each other all the time, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we got off on a little offshoot. I said, first of all, I just want to let you know, we like Rose. You know, we had no, no, no beef with the Rose Tico when it came to Star Wars, um, unlike other people who bullied her off social media and made her like the scapegoat for everything. She was very thankful for that. Um, and uh, she informed me that her cousin lives in... Um, in New York City, where you know, right about right about where we live in New York City. So, it was an interesting Star Wars brush with fame. I was one degree of separation away from Rose Tico, which I guess would make me two degrees of separation away from Ray. Ray, hold on, makes me, makes me happier. She lives in New York. She lives in New York, Kelly Richard. And you have a connect. We can get her on as a guest. Ooh, you didn't I, even think about. That. I didn't even think about that um, because I don't know. It'd be kind of weird. No, it won't. If I go there and I become her boss, then I'll kind of weasel my way inside there and, and get the connect. But if that happens, you know, the podcast is going to have to change times because three hours is going to suck. Yeah, you're three hours behind. Yes. So if we start at 11, it's 8 o'clock for you. It's at 8 o'clock, I got to stop in the middle of my fucking dinner and go hang out with you. What's going on? Dinner, I, you I don't eat, things happen. You don't eat dinner at 8 o'clock. Get out of here, bro. You're just, fucking just, your dad. You eat whenever, whenever, the, whenever the kids go to bed. I just ate dinner at 9.30 just now. What'd you eat? Um, Shiro, no, um, <laughs> beat me to it. <laughs> caca, caca. We, had, we, had a little, oh. we had a little, little pork sausage and pasta. Oh, what, what, I know that's what she ate. What, what did you eat? <laughs> pa- right. pa- pasta, I don't even know her. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show. Listen, we usually like to start this show off with, uh, Marky Mark and his funky tweets, but he didn't have any tweets this week or this uh, time period since our last podcast. What he did do, though, was something very cool. On May the 4th, today's what? The 18th, right? Uh, Correct. Okay, so 14 days ago, two weeks ago, he went to the Walk of Fame uh, in Hollywood with... uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, and they inducted her on the Hollywood Star Walk, Walk of Fame. And Carrie Fisher finally got her star. So now she will forever live in infamy on a sidewalk with all the other Star Wars people and all the other actors. And I think maybe a couple stars Marks. from her mom, Debbie Reynolds. Um, so, yeah, right, no, Debbie, for sure. Right? No, Debbie Vista Fisher has to be there. I, 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 I literally thought Carrie Fisher had a star already. I mean, I, it must be some kind of Mandela effect that's going on because um, I could have sworn sworn that she had gotten one a little bit after she had died. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm losing my mind, but or Mandela effect. Bernstein Bears. Um, yeah, you know, she just if, if anybody deserves it, it's her for sure. I mean, she's you see a, it? I did. She was a writer. Right. She was uh, an actor. She was a producer. She was a, a fantastic talent, and I, I cherish the day that I actually met her. Um, it was a good time. And she you, was uh, take a as, 
I did not take it. She wasn't taking pics that day, but she signed a very large, like 11 by 14 photo of her wearing the Yavin ceremony dress, like lying down in a sexy pose. Um, and sprinkled me with stardust from her little stardust machine that she was fucking whacked out of her fucking skull, which was made it that much even better. It was it was quite amazing. It was great. It's probably 12 years ago, maybe somewhere around there. I don't know. Maybe longer. Gotcha. It was awesome. Anyway. Very cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on to bigger news that's been coming out regarding current Star Wars. Andor, your favorite show. Oh, Andor. Won a Peabody Award. And it's the first time that a Star Wars show has won a major award like that. Is, is that an award you get when you, it's getting boring, you get up and go fucking pee? Is that what it is? No, how dare you. Like, like a women's wrestling match? Oh, that's loud. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, congratulations to them for winning the Peabody Award um, and being nominated and all that stuff. That's pretty cool. Uh, Tony Gilroy, producer, writer, showrunner of show, steps away from season two due to the WGA strike. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Isn't it already done? Season yeah. Two? Hold on. No, they're, they're producing it now. They're at the tail end of, of finishing a wrap up. But here's a statement from the, uh, to the Hollywood Reporter. Gilroy explained how he stopped writing and or season two. Before the start of the strike, finishing all the scripts beforehand, WGA members have been asked to stand in solidarity with the writers and not work until a deal is reached. He said, and I quote, I discontinued all writing and writing related work on Andor prior to midnight May 1st. After being briefed on Saturday showrunner meeting, I informed Chris Caser at the WGA on Sunday morning that I would also be ceasing all non-writing producing functions. Kaiser, the co-chair of the WGA's negotiation committee, yes, confirmed his interaction with the Andor showrunner. Lucasfilm refused to comment on Gilroy's decision. WGA member Abdul Saeed, the writer writer of Hulu's Deli Boys, ridiculed Gilroy on Instagram posts, calling it a scabbing decision to produce Andor during the strike. We all want Andor season two, but not at the cost of the fairness to writers, Saeed wrote. Saeed's post was from May 8th, though Gilroy has not been on set since the strike began, and his statement to The Hollywood Reporter was meant to clarify the situation. What are your thoughts, Doc? Fuck him. Listen, I don't give a shit about a strike. I'm a scab. My, my, my grandfather and my mother were massive union people. Like they were both, my grandfather was president of the, of the, of the machinist union. My mom was president, was vice president of the team's union. I tell them all the time, I'm like, fuck this union bullshit. I was like, I can't unionize because if I unionize, people fucking die. So you know what? Get off your fat asses, write your fucking scripts, and get your shit done. Wow. That's all I care about. Wow. I got shows to watch, guys. Come on. <laughs> I want more money too. What am I going to do? Do you understand the, the the gripe of this? The fact that even though everything was done writing wise, because he was producing the show, they took it that stuff could get changed oh, on the fly, deal. and that constitutes as writing. Oh, so that's why they were calling him a scab. So stupid. People I disagree. Relax. I disagree, but that's just really you. You you support these guys? 
I support anything that that equates fair pay amongst people's hard work, art, and all that stuff. These writers are not getting a good cut because of the uh, because of royalties not sure being handed to them. Do it, fucking fine. Don't worry. And uh, the streaming stuff has really messed up everyone's pay because you know obviously when they did contracts or whatever and. It's always based off of episodes and ratings and this, that, and the other and syndication. But if it's on streaming, you're not getting paid for it. Just like the boys got screwed out of royalties from the WWE network and all that stuff. Um, but then now we have the issue with AI writing scripts. Even so, better. No, get out of here, dude. Get out of here. No way. Perfect. All right. AI is going to write all my papers for me. Get ready. What papers? You already graduated school. It took you seven <laughs> seven thousand years. Oh, fucking Chat GPT for the web. Chat GPT. <laughs> all right. Well, look. <laughs> I want to get. I want to get Chat GP, GGP. That's what I do all day long. <laughs> uh, each block of Andor season two episodes will take place over the course of three days. That's what Tony Gilroy revealed that each block of Andor episode would take place over three days. So it's three days, one once a year, because it takes a year jump every three episodes, and that's going to lead up to Rogue One. Right until it's going to tail in, right into the right until we see him in Rogue One, right? Yeah. Many Bothans have died for this information. So uh, hopefully we see them die. What, the Bothans? Yeah, I was never a big fan of Bothans. What what if it's Manny Bothans? That's like codename for some one person. It's like a Mexican dude? Yeah, <laughs> I'm Manny Bothans. I'll get your Death Star plans, homie. <laughs> All I need is a green card. Oh, wow. I want to live on Coruscant like a king. <laughs> <laughs> the show is so terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I want my I'm cousin. Glad nobody listens. I want my cousin Chewy and, and Juan Juan Solo <laughs> to come with me. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Arturo D two. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of the picture I sent you with yeah, all the. I just pulled that one out of that one. <laughs> so Lucasfilm ramps up Andor's Emmy campaign by releasing scripts online. As reported by io9, the news outlet confirmed with Disney that Andor creator, showrunner, screenwriter Tony Gilroy is yeah. launching a website dedicated to release free copies of the scripts of all 12 episodes of his show. Little uh, marketing ploy to try to uh, get an Emmy no uh, to get an Emmy nomination. What do you think? By, by any means necessary, apparently. Let's just get it done, right? Would you want to even read the, the, the scripts? What do I give a shit about the scripts for? Come on. You're a doctor. You write scripts. Exactly. All day long. All right. Anyhow. But, so, I want to read them if I want to fall asleep. Wow. You really did not like Andor, huh? I did not like fucking Andor. And I was wanted to really like it because I love Rogue One. So well, maybe you just need to go back. Wait. Let me ask you this. Twofold. No. No, I didn't watch. I didn't finish watching. Bad. I watched three more episodes, but I haven't finished watching Bad Batch. You see episode 12. No, not yet. I don't think what was the episode. What's the episode twelve called? I don't know what it's called, but it's with um, with uh, what's his name? Rex Crosshair. No. Oh, oh, okay. Did you watch Vision season two yet? Did not yet. I haven't even finished Vision season one. I know I'm bad. My bad story. You're the bad. fucking worst. 
who has who has a Star Wars podcast. I know. I, I, at least Spiro faked reading the articles. I know. You I could know. fake seeing the shows. Bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fail the test though. Yeah, yeah, the Japanese one. That was great. I loved it. <laughs> Made me so horny. <laughs> oh, we love it. Long time. Okay. Uh, skeleton crew. John Favreau explains how skeleton crew feels like a Star Wars, like Star Wars, while serving so many directors different visions. Here's how Favreau describes. Feel like Star Wars. I hope so. Here's how Favreau describes Christopher Ford and John Watch, how they pitched Kathleen Kennedy. With Kathleen Kennedy running Lucasfilm, when John Watson and Chris Ford came in and talked about wanting to do something that feels like Amblin movie and has that tone, it's like you're speaking right to the person who was there and knows the 11 herbs and spices that go in it. So it's interesting hearing them pitch it and how she reacts to that. Fav stated that about the diversity of stories and the voices from the different directors, directors of John Watts, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. They're known as the they're known as the Daniels, the ones who did uh, Always, Anywhere, All Together at Once, whatever it was called. Uh -huh. okay. Jake Schreier, Bryce Dallas Howard, Lee Isaac Chung, and David Lowry. Lee Icoca? Yes, him too. Uh, one of the things we really like about what the shows that we've been working on have turned into is that the tone of each episode and in certain cases each series really reflects the storyteller of the of the filmmaker so the mandalorian you could have many different tones even though the writing is consistent across them different filmmakers will bring different perspectives um and so each episode hopefully feels different though they should sit alongside one another with skeleton crew i would go even further there because it's what it's a watson ford it's Watts and Ford and a whole array of wonderful directors. Some have worked with us before and some who haven't. And so each episode has its own feel to it. Fab says the series feels like Star Wars, but you also have to ask, what does that even mean? Everything that Kathleen Kennedy didn't do. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when people think of Star Wars as a genre, it is really a number of subgenres within the real, uh, within the Star Wars genre. Because those were George Lucas' influence. So it could feel like a Western. It could feel like a World War II film. It could feel like a samurai film. And so you could push the limits, especially on Clone Wars. They deviated into many different genres, to thrillers, to noir, and different types of adventures and different tones. So that's what's keeping us engaged and why I'm counting my collaboration here, uh, continuing my collaboration here, is because it's never like you're just doing one thing. There's always room. Favreau also stated, as long as you adhere to a certain aesthetic, and we all agree that it feels like it's Star Wars, there's a lot of room for how you can move around. It's interesting, too. As you can see, the Star Wars Celebration panel and these great trailers, how different they all are. But they all sit together. You would never group them together. But thanks to the world that George created, they all feel like they share a common underlying aesthetic. So... Enlighten me, Doc. Hit me, uh, hit me with your best shot. Um, I'm ex I'm excited for Skeleton Crew. What if he's saying it feels like Star Wars? That's an important thing because he he, as we both know, knows what knows what Star Wars feels like. 
in the wintertime when I rub my feet against my wife's legs, she feels like Star Wars as well because she's so hairy and reminds me of Chewbacca. But, uh, exactly. Um, you know, what is it? What is it? We talk about this a lot. What does it feel? What, what does Star Wars feel like? Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with that nostalgia that when we were kids that we used to get when we used to watch it and that feeling that it gave us, you know, that that wonderment, that amazement, all that cool stuff that we kind of balled up and stuck in our hearts. So if they could capture this, and I think that we're, they're probably trying to capture it because it seems like the show is going to be involving a kind of a younger cast than shows that we're used to. Um, you know, it's in the past, it was called Goonies versus uh, so-and-so versus Star Wars. So um, I think that's a good recipe to make something cool and something good and something that we need in the Star Wars universe now to potentially drag the kids that really haven't been looking at Star Wars into the Star Wars genre. Um, I think a lot of the majority of what Star Wars is made up is people like you and I, um, you know, the old heads. So if we want this this franchise to live and to continue and to move, I think we need we need stuff like this to to bring them there. Well said. I think you hit the nail right on the head. That's what she said. Um, sp- speaking of dying on the vine, unless you want to talk about this yourself. Wait, hold on. I have an I have a impersonation for you, and I want you to okay. Okay. try to guess who it is. Ready? <clears throat> Joe Pesci. Yo ho ho, mateys, you scabby dog. Did I do that? Uh, Pirate Urkel. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Give the man a toaster. Very good. Who's Pirate Urkel? Jaleel White, he's going to be oh. a skeleton crew as a, as a pirate. Oh, no shit. There you that go. That was called wow. a segue. Nice, nice I segue. was feeding it to you. Stocked into my love, but it looks like butter, butter hands here. Dropped it. Anyway. Nobody summarized the article this week, so it was fine. I didn't summarize the articles, you lying sack of shit. I gave you all the summaries. Did I say, hold on, I got to look back now. <laughs> check, check the Facebook group. I sent you everything. Look at I'm looking, I'm looking. No, it's the longest thing there besides I, your penis. I've got nothing on mine. Oh, bro, you're full of shit. I'm dead, dead serious. I will send you a screenshots. Look, hold on a second, man. Hold on one second. I sent it to you. Hold on, it's right in front of me. It's right now. I'm still that's how long it is. I'm still scrolling down the damn freaking. Oh the god, still scrolling, still scrolling. Oh, there we go. I sent it to you right after the Disney might ditch season two of Kenobi. John Favreau, The Mandalorian season four receives perilous update. New Mandalorian content will arrive Disney Plus next month inside the magic. Okay, and here, then, here, here. I'm going to show you right here. Look here. Those are those articles right there, right? Yeah. I'm scrolling up. I'm scrolling up. Keep going. There, there's nothing there. Keep going. There's nothing there. Keep going. There's more. There has to be, dude. There's, not, there's, there's a couple of memes. Keep going. Uh, frozen getting blown. That's it. That's all it is. Bro, I got oh, it's right, right here. Look. I got nothing. Look, hold on. I don't have that. See, we're arguing on air right now, boys and girls. Right there. Look. I, I, it did not go through to me. Oh, that's press, weird. Press send. I'll resend it right now. It does, it's, it's for a bit late now. Anyway, Jaleel White, pirate. Hold on. Yeah, he's playing a pirate on. Uh... 
Tell me if you get it now. Hold on. I, I play I play a pirate every once in a while. But no, not butt pirate. Uh, he was at uh he made a a reveal at an appearance at Sportsnet Hockey Night in Canada. He was supporting the Edmonton Oilers match against the Vegas Golden Knights. He went while he was appearing on the on the program. Uh, he was being asked about his future projects, and he revealed that I'm actually gonna be in a new series on Disney Disney Plus starring Jude Law called Skeleton Group. It's coming out in November, November December, he says, and it's part of the Star Wars universe. So it's a big change for me, man. I had to do two hours of makeup every day. I get to play a pirate. Interesting. Uh, you think that we would have heard about that already, and not just from him at a hockey game? Yeah, I think they were trying to keep it close to the chest, and I think he uh, spilled the beans. He broke hay when yeah, he wasn't uh, supposed to. Did I do that? Um, that's okay. Listen, I, I enjoy when people break hay so I'm cool with that. Speaking of pirates that are uh, breaking kayfabe, did you hear some crazy-ass news that I heard today? I heard that the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, <laughs> that absolutely ridiculously expensive Star Wars immersive event that you could get for a whole weekend for like, I don't know, $60,000 for your family, is shutting down in September. I did hear that. March 2022, they opened up. And... 18 months later, they're going to be closing their doors. How unfucking believable is that? You know the amount of money they put into that shit? Yeah, another chalked up failure. Listen, how, this... how, how do you fail? Like, how do you fail with that? You I'll know tell how you, you how. You know how you fail with that? You charge $6,000 for a family to go there for a weekend. That's how you fail with that. There's no windows. You're locked in a freaking box truck somewhere. And the, from what I understand, there really isn't that much interaction. I mean, I could be wrong. It's from well, what I heard that I, you can't I, really I, do much. I've had two friends that have gone there. Overpriced drinks, from what I heard. The food's yep. not included, right? The food's included, and the drinks and are not. The included. drinks are not included. So any alcoholic beverages are not included, or any souvenirs you want to buy, but the food is included. I mean, I better get a, a Twilight lab dance for the for, for that price. Um. One of my friends went. I'll give you his uh, his take on this right now. He goes, I'm so glad I got to do this before they close. It was worth it. I said, the prices killed him. He said, yep, but still worth it. I don't regret spending the money. This is not a guy that, you know, makes a ton of dough. So, um, and one of my other friends went as well, too, but he hasn't gotten back to my message that I sent him about it. It looked like they all had fun. I mean, they all got into it. They're all dressed in cosplay, doing what they had to do and interacting. But, man, for 1200 a person, listen, it's rough. Bro. With all due respect to your friends, you're paying six thousand dollars to get dressed to play dress up when you do it every year for a lot less, and you probably get more over. And speaking of speaking over, of over, doing it at Comic Con, come on, man. From what I understand, there's not even one ounce of iota any or or anything regarding the OT or the prequel trilogies on this thing. It's yep. it's it's nothing to do with Star Wars. Look, a buddy of mine said this. The protagonists of Star Wars were Anakin Skywalker, a slave. Luke Skywalker, a farm boy. Rey, a scavenger and an orphan. And yet, you go on this thing, and it's catered to the bougie-bougie Star Wars high rollers slash one percenters slash elite. So it's almost like the, the, the clientele from Kanto Bite. Yep. That's not Star Wars, bro. I, I can only hope that they don't demolish whatever's there and they don't like, you know, bulldoze it and say, fuck it, we lost all the money, we're out of here. 
I just hope, like you said, they potentially, all right, you know, rejigger it to be like, hey, this probably isn't the direction that we should have gone. Let's uh, let's bring it down a little bit, charge less money, change the experience, and maybe we'll be able to get more people here, which I think would be make make a lot more sense because six k for a family of four going over there, you could get a whole Disney vacation for you know eight to ten days for that amount of money. Yeah, it is ridiculously twice. It was a recipe for disaster to start from, bro. When we first we, reported we said that on from the beginning, yeah, that was Jesus took the words right out of my mouth. You can't charge six grand and not give these people everything. You can't have souvenirs. You can't have liquor. What are you spending your money on? Exactly. A hotel room in the back of a box truck somewhere? I got money. I know you got money, too. And if we wanted to, we could have been like, absolutely, I'm going to go there. No problem. I'm not even going to fucking sweat it. I'm going to go there. But I couldn't sit back and justify 6K for my whole family to go over there for a weekend. That's And I'm clearly, we're big Star Wars fans. And if big Star Wars fans who have money can't justify doing that, you're fucked. You're fucked. First of all, I have to take all 37 of my kids. Forget about it. It's a lot more than six grand for me. Uh, dude. That's my big fat Greek wedding three right there. There we go. Actually, it's coming out. I saw the trailer. Um, all right. That, 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 that was the one video I didn't watch you send me this week. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Dave Filoni film. Filoni says his Star Wars film will be built on an era defining event. Did you read this? Uh, yes, I read this. Good. You want to talk about it? No, I don't want to talk about it. You can talk about it. Because <laughs> you didn't read it. <laughs> nice. In an interview with Empire Magazine, as part of their 20-page coverage of Star Wars franchise on their new issue, Filoni weighs in on how well that world defines his film. And Filoni states, culmination is an interesting word. The way you look at it, the way I look at it, there are small stories, and then there are big stories of the day as well. A New Hope. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, tell the important parts of the tale that really define the history of the period. They're all, they are all kind of sub-stories underneath that. We've been building all these small stories. Faloni stated the movie will be centered around a big event, something to pin down in a timeline that could mark a before and after moment. Think of Luke Skywalker blowing up the Death Star, Vader telling Luke he's his father, and the defeat of the Empire, etc. Here's what he said. Filoni stated, to me, a theatrical experience has to have a big idea, monumental movement, moment, and the time period that changes what's happening. What Tony Gilroy has done in Andor and what he did in Rebels, everything then changes when Luke blows up the Death Star. You're looking at those moments that define an era, and that what, and that's what the films really should be about, whether it's characters coming together or defining moment. The writer or director says he has an idea for it, but isn't revealing what it, that is yet. According to him, he's been setting this up for years. I have ideas, of course, Filoni said. I will not tell you what they are. There are little things along the way that I've built across different mediums in preparation for things that come later. Dun, dun, dun. So he's talking about this defining moment as that has, that has not happened yet. Yeah, he's saying that the movie should have the defining moments that alter time, like the Death Star blow up, yada, yada. Yep. And they tell the bigger summary page, the bigger top side summary scope, the big picture of what's going on in that time period. But underneath it, there's little stories, smaller stories that add the flavor to the recipe. And then when, after you watch the smaller stories, when you go back and see the big events, you're seeing it under a new lens because now there's more meat on the bone. Of course. 
right? Which makes sense. And he's saying that he's been building this story for years, dropping breadcrumbs here and there and clues in different forms and mediums, which will eventually tie into something into this movie. I'm intrigued. But allow me to say this. The internet, the minor internet group, where we're always kill, kill, kill Kathleen Kennedy, have now turned on Dave Filoni. Mm. They're all saying that he sold out John Favreau, stabbed him in the back. Now he's playing ball on Team Filoni, on Team Kennedy. Kennedy oh. And that's why he got his picture. And they're saying he's disrespecting George Lucas because he's not including the OT characters in this new film, allegedly, and that it's going to be only his characters from Rebels taking place and the Mandalorian characters and that the OT characters are not going to be present when they should be. They're going to be small cameo roles. And he's bastardizing heir to the Empire and it's a bait and switch and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, Jesus oh, Christ. These guys got to relax. Yeah. Yeah, you were praising this man and sucking his dick for well, years. And now all of a sudden... Now, do you know who the big bad's going to be in the Filoni movie? Who the big bad is going to be? Uh, Grand Number Throne. It should be right. Right? Like it's been said for a long time. Now yeah. it's making headlines that Filoni says that Grand Animal Throne will be a straight up villain in the New Republic era. Well, and, listen, and, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, okay? I, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3 the other day. Great film. Great Good film. Movie. Solid, no, solid, great solid, film. solid movie. Solid movie. I loved it. It was great. The one thing that I really did enjoy about it the most was the fact Enrico that Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo, that the villain was completely irredeemable. We've had a lot of villains recently in Marvel movies that have been very redeemable. You look at Killmonger, you look at Gore, right? Like people that you actually feel bad for for this situation. High Evolution was great because he was completely irredeemable. I need more villains in my life that are completely irredeemable. And if they make a Thrawn, that kind of villain, I'm in. Interesting. Filoni states that he's definitely the bad guy in the New Republic era. When Timothy Zahn wrote him an Air of the Empire, Thrawn was a very iconic villain because he was different than anything we'd seen before. He was another helmet-wearing, lightsaber-wielding bad guy. There's a lot of pull to make characters that are like Vader because it's so iconic. But the boldness that Tim, meaning Timothy Zahn, had was to make somebody that wasn't like that, that didn't have those abilities but could fight in a different way, in a Star Wars. In, a, in, in the words Star Wars, the word war part of it, him being a great admiral, a leader, a military strategist, a Moriarty archetype, someone that will outthink you, outstrategize you, that really resonated. He's a critical player in this time period. We're fortunate to have that character and fortunate to have Lars Mikkelsen playing him. Now, here's the deal. You didn't read the books. I read the three. Th there's six. Canon. I read the books. No, 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 no. Oh. Which ones? Not Heir to the Empire. Yeah, not the I read those. I haven't read those. Okay? I may read them, but I'm scared to read them because I'm, they might end up being like a spoiler to this new movie thing, and I don't want it to be spoiled. But I digress. There's two trilogy books that came out in the new canon timeline for Thrawn. Right? The first three books talk about his time 
in the Empire, and they're great books, written by Timothy Zahn as well. But they make him more of a instead of an antagonist, he's more of a protagonist, mm. and he's more of an anti-hero. He's not a villain. He's just hanging with the Empire to find out all their secrets so he can use their military strategy and their weapons and all this other stuff and their, I guess, all their military uh, schematics and whatever against the uh, threat that, that, that threatens the Chiss, which is not the new, the Yuzan Vong. They're called the Grisk. And then there's another, the Grisk, yeah. And then there's another three books that explain the origin of Thrawn while he was in the Chiss Academy, which I have not read. What I heard are very good, but I didn't really want to deep dive into his origin because I, I wasn't in the mood to, to listen. But in those books, again, they don't make him out as a villain. They make him out of somebody who's partaking with the Empire and siding with them out of a need more than uh, malicious intent. Mm. Now, if I remember right, you told me that in the Air Day Empire trilogy, he was a straight-up bad guy, like in straight, Rebels. Straight-up bad guy. So I think they're going to dive into that more uh, with this new live-action throne with uh, Lars Mikkelsen. So. Uh, that'd be great. Because um, I think he's a, he really is a great villain that, that needs a uh, full-time live-action... Explanation and a shine. Absolutely. That's my take. No, you're right. And I like the fact that we kind of, we kind of, before we mentioned all this, uh, we tied it with the high evolutionary being a baddie. And now yeah. we're going to get another baddie. And he's not going to be one of those guys that need to be redeemed at the end. Yes. Don't need you know that. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Marvel strayed too far away from, you know, the original formula, I think. I agree. But once you go woke, you go broke. Yeah, that's the problem with Disney. Mm-hmm. So this is up. this is Filoni's reaction when KK asked him to direct. I don't assume anything. I don't like that. I deserve anything. Kathy, upon seeing my work in live action, Rome was like, "Dave, we have to have you do a movie." My goodness, a person like that, a person like that telling you that is an amazing thing. But that's I always cool. look at I always look at it myself and say, "Well, am I really ready to do that?" I appreciate that, and I think she knew, would know, but it's got to be the right story. it got to be the right group of people backing you. A big reason why I felt confident going to live action was because Kathy was here. Ugh. She's yeah. been a very big supporter yeah. of me during all the way, so it's great moments, but I immediately think of the responsibility. I really think of the job that's going to entail, and I want to make sure I can do this good job. Yep. Yeah. So you think he fucking sold out Favreau? I don't think he sold out Favreau. I think, listen, this is the 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 natural next progression of what he needs to fucking be doing as a director. Uh, this makes sense. The, these guys are are a proven commodity for the Star Wars community. They're getting shit done more so than anybody else is getting shit done. So why not give them the fucking movies? We've been saying this for years. Not a sellout. Gotcha. I agree. Filoni aware that that this is still George Lucas's galaxy. They just get to You're damn right, kid. <laughs> they just get to borrow it for a minute. Get off my plane. <laughs> the first time I even remember as a kid noting the term directed by was directed by George Lucas. That's the thing I never lose sight of. It's George's guy. My first one was directed by Ron Jeremy. That's what I remember. Nice. I just tried to learn as much about it so I can execute it, execute on it faithfully, and then hopefully expand 
and add new things with everyone with everybody else. What a fun galaxy it is. Now, Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead on Family Thing, the Family Theme on Ahsoka. Isn't That's, that uh, what's his face? His wife. Yes. Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes, you and McGregor. She states, "It's the through line of the show." The strength that they need to get through of what they're facing requires them to come back together and redefine that family. She's talking about the ghost crew. Rosario Dawson chips in, chips in on the family theme or chimes in on the family theme. Then it makes it special and that nobody is above anybody else. I like that there isn't any structure to this. There's no boss over them. There's no no one telling them that they have to do this. This is a carryover from Rebels. These are people who are true believers who have put themselves on the line, sacrificed everything to be together and create a chosen family on the mission that they've decided they need to be on. That makes it very special, she said. So, I know what you're going to say, but... Eh, listen, uh, whatever. I mean, I, I, it's going to be... I'm, I said this for Boba Fett, so maybe I'll eat my words. It's going to be hard for them to fuck this up. <laughs> I know. We did say that about Boba. What know. happened? I know. I know, man. This is why I'm like, oh, if they could fuck that up, they could fuck anything up. Yeah, you're pretty much right. Which is uh, a true fucking story. Uh, speak, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, I just got um, an email from New York City Comic Con. Uh, highlighting their two biggest guests thus far. Would you like to guess who one of them is going to be? Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, very good. Very good. And then the second one is going to be Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. Nice. So I'm actually pretty pumped for Comic-Con this year. Not that I'm going to go sit in line for 50 fucking hours and wait for those uh, are guys. You, to are you going to dress up like a mashup of Obi-Wan Kenobi and oh, Captain America? Obi-Wan America, that would be great. Amer- it's going to be um, America Kenobi. It's going to be Alderaan's ass. <laughs> Even though he's not from Alderaan, sure. Yeah, whatever. All right. Now, Star Wars rumor claims Lucasfilm executives want to include Luke Han and Leia in the upcoming Dave Filoni project. Mm. This is contradictive to what we were talking about last week, where KK wants them to only be appear as a cameo and sideline all the legacy characters. Yeah, so as I was reading this, and I'm like, didn't we just read an article last week that said that they don't want nothing to do with any of the legacy characters? Who's making all this bullshit up? Which one of these idiots is incorrect? Probably all of them. But let's yeah, let's exactly. let's read this article real quick. A new Star Wars rumor claims Lucasfilm executives want to include Lucasfilm, uh, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Leo Ghana in the upcoming Dave Filoni project. The rumor comes from the scooper WW Pro in a recent YouTube upload. The scooper detailed in regards to Dave Filoni, I don't know which. I don't know, and I don't know which one. Apparently, Lucasfilm believes that they should be put the original three characters, the big ones, Luke, Leia, and Han, together for a cameo. He continued, what's being told to me is that apparently people at Lucasfilm believe that if they put this in one of these Dave Filoni projects, I don't know if it's Ahsoka, I don't know if it's the Man Divorce movie or whatever, but if they put, but if they put that in there, they can placate both sides they can make everybody happy they can boost the ratings boost the box office <sighs> if it's the movie but they can boost the excitement around this simply by putting in them in there and even if it's mediocre project let's say it will be lifted by those three he added and they think that might repair some of the damage to the sequel trilogy oh yeah what's done to the fan base interesting interesting 
This rumor comes on the heels of the previous rumor from WW Pro indicating that Lucasfilm did not want Luke Skywalker as a significant wait, part it, of the Matrix. It, it, it's the same company that said it? Yeah. That's even fucking better. So, you know, I know this game. Uh, you say one thing, and then you say the exact opposite. So when one of them comes true, you've completely legitimized your fucking story. You're right. The it's new great. rumor, yeah, you're playing both sides, like the freaking uh, like yeah, the government. U.S. government. Oh, oh look at that, my my ninja. This new rumor allegedly comes out of Lucasfilm following the release of Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi into theaters. The film was the fourth highest grossing movie in the past weekend, just barely being edged out third place by Ligate's "Are You There, God." It's me, Margaret. The film grows 5.1 million. However, the film was only showed in 475 theaters compared to the films that best it, such as Super Mario Brothers movie, which was shown in 4,204 theaters, Evil Dead Rise, which was 3,417 theaters, and Lion Gates films, which was shown in 3,343 theaters. Wow. Given the low theater count and its box office haul, the movie actually brought in the most money per theater with average of 10738 per theater. The Super Mario Brothers movie was close to that number with per theater average of 9714 Now, what does that tell you? That tells me that Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, <laughs> Princess Leia are the goddamn draw. And they need to be emphasized more in the upcoming shows and in the upcoming movie of Dave Filoni because they're still around in that era and they're still relevant and they're still capable to do things in that timeline, in that era. I understand we have all these different characters. I understand that. Fuck them. But, but, you want to help the fan base? You want to build a nice bridge from the OT to the sequel trilogy so people can start loving the sequel trilogies? Incorporate all these I'll, I'll do you one better. You want to make fucking money? That too. Make a Luke Skywalker show. Have him meet Mary Jade. Have him have a kid. Have them die. That breaks him. That's what sets him all the way to go to Octu. Retcon the whole Ray thing by using Luke's hand as part of the cloning process. So she has Skywalker DNA in her. So technically she is Luke's daughter. Do stuff like that that makes sense. Incorporate Han and and Raleigh into this air of the empire thing with a young Ben, whatever the case may be, have some connective tissue. I mean, this is just common sense, folks. It's not difficult whatsoever. Every time you say Octu, I think you're doing the Iron Sheik impersonation. Octu, <laughs> anyway. Um, we said that the the Filoni film is being slated to be called Heir to the Empire. Uh, I'm kind of happy if they do that. Um, but somebody who's not going to allegedly be part of anything regarding Star Wars is our boy Freddie Prince Jr. He said he's done playing Kanan Jarrus. Did you read this? Uh, why? Because he uh, Kanan Jarrus is dead, and he doesn't want to bring him back because it's going to cheapen his uh his uh his shine. Yeah. He basically, that's the gist of it. I, I he don't said, blame him. It makes sense. He to said, me. yeah. He said he had a good arc. He doesn't want to diminish what he did. He said the only reason why he came back for Bad Batch and for uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker is because they asked him to it, and he did it as a favor to Lucasfilm and to Dave. Makes sense to me. So perfect sense. Well, but if, dude, if if you drag characters out that that have have played their arc and are done, just for for cash grab for sentiment for whatever it is, you know what? You have actually cheapened that character. Yeah, but do you think he's doing that, or do you think he's pulling a Liam Neeson? Oh, uh, you think he's flipping it? Uh, I don't think so. 
Really? Freddie Freddie's been pretty cool in the last, you know, forever about his Star Wars stuff. So I think I I I don't think he's coming back. You don't think he's gonna be like a a, a force voice to Ezra at all? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's done. All right. I'm gonna I, say I'm gonna say done. I'm gonna say he's gonna show up. All right. I think we'll he's see. working. I think he's working the gimmick. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely see. But we'll. I mean, see, we'll see. We'll see. You know, if he is great. If he isn't, and they still make it work, fuck no, Exactly. He was great as Kanan, that's for sure. Absolutely. So, anyway, did you realize that they? They, I don't know. Did you Did you see this article where the location of Ezra and Thrawn were revealed somewhat? No, I did not see the location it was revealed. What does right. that even mean? Their location? Oh, where they are? Yes, according to past reports from Making Star Wars, Thrawn and Ezra Bridger are located in either a new galaxy or part of the galaxy we've never seen before. Uh, some people were calling it the New Beyond or Beyond Space, whatever. Something where they refer to as the New Beyond. Duh. There we go. Shouldn't have, I should have stayed in my lane. However, Making Star Wars recently shared a report which detailed a more specific location, the Nodian Highlands, the N-O-D-I-A-N, Nodian. According to the outlet, a large fight will take place in the Nodian Highlands between Ahsoka Tano, Sabine Wren, Morgan Elspeth, Balon, and Shin. Why do we think that this is the possible location of Thrawn and Ezra? Well, Making Star Wars reports that Elsbeth has been constructing a very large vessel. They'll venture out into the unknown and locate and bring back Grand Admiral Thrawn. And that somehow uh, Ahsoka and Wren followed Elsbeth and company to this new location. If Elsbeth is taking this vessel to Thrawn and she lands in the Nodian Highlands, it's possible that this is the planet where Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn have been stranded. It's unlikely that the planet itself is called Nodian Highlands, that more likely it'll be a specific part of the planet. The planet itself could be named Nodia, but that's purely it's speculation. The Nodia Highlands, amazing. Huh, interesting. What do you think? Um, okay. You know, I think it, it's one of those weeks that people have to just kind of drag at straws and pull things out for Star Wars because not a lot of crazy things happen this week. The typical bullshit. Yeah, speculate, they, speculate, speculate. Yeah, speculation, a lot of fluff. Yep. Um, Star Wars is right. Had, that's great. If not, oh no, no harm, no foul. Because I mean, we should we should go back and pass shows and listen to all this stuff, the shit that we talked about that never came true. I don't want to listen to us do it. <laughs> and we do the shows. I listen to it once to make sure it came out okay. And nine out of ten times, actually nine point nine out of ten times, this producer that we're using is fucking fantastic. Is doing a great job. So the producer. Good guy. The greatest producer we ever had. All right, baby. I'll take it. That's what I heard. Star yeah. Wars <laughs> Star Wars Ahsoka actor addresses Sabine Wren using a lightsaber in a new series. Uh, Bordizzo, not Frank Rizzo, spoke oh. to Empire. And not, and not Lizzo? What's your name? Paul. Paul Rizzo. Paul what? Paul Rizzo. Rizzo? Yeah. Where do you live? I live upstate. Okay. That's the long haul. Nah, thank God. About her training for Ahsoka in a British magazine latest issue. Oi, I'm just really glad. <laughs> I can't even do it with that straight face. I'm just really glad that that's out there, Bordizzo said. It's been really hard 
talking about my fight training. I'll take without... my shoes with me. <laughs> uh, talking about my fight training without talking about the fact that it's saber training, which is literally all I've been doing for so long. The Mandalorian physicality is very Western. And then the saber style is very samurai influenced. Trying to embody those two things, sometimes one right after the other, in choreography was super interesting because there's such different modes of being. I really had fun with the journey of trying to master both. What can I tease, Bordizzo said. Avoiding spoilers, it's just part of our journey. Not just the saber itself, but what comes with that and what that means and what mindset it takes to wield that weapon. I, I, I like this person. They, they seem to respect the genre. They seem to respect Star Wars and understand the gravitas of what, what, what's in their hands. I agree. Um, the fact that she, she made it a point to emphasize the different fighting styles and the motif of Western and, and Samurai and how it's got to do it both in the same take and it feels interesting and different to switch gears and... I, I popped for that. I'm not yep. going to lie. I thought it was pretty cool. Love it. Uh, new Mandalorian content would arrive on Disney Plus next month. You see this? Yes, we're going to get a behind-the-scenes making of Season 3 Mandalorian. That's what John Favreau is going to take the, the hacker Hameen approach, hack Disney Plus, and be like, I did it for Kathleen and <laughs> for the check. I didn't want to lose my job. For the rock. <laughs> I did it for The Rock. What? Yeah. I did it for The Rock. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, John Favreau's Mandalorian Season 4 receives perilous update. Oh, boy. Season 4 with John Favreau, while the creator wrote all the scripts for the upcoming season, Deadline reports that the new season will likely get delayed. Writer's strike. Due to the production concerns, due to the WGA strike. This isn't the first Star Wars series affected by the WGA strike. We mentioned earlier Tony Gilroy and Andor won't have the showrunner working on the series as he ceased all production, leaving the cast and crew to finish the film without him. And I heard some other news about Star Wars. I don't know how true this is, but it kind of feeds into them not wanting to do Luke Skywalker flash uh, deep fake. Because I hear Shamook is gone from Lucasfilm. What? That was quick. Yeah, I don't know how true that is, though. Your services are no longer needed, Captain Nita. <laughs> well, well played. Put that in. Anyway. The boss. Captain Nita, the ship no longer appears on our scopes. I can't have disappeared. No ship that small has a cloaking device. Well, there's no trace of them, sir. Captain, Lord Vader demands an update on the pursuit. Get a shuttle ready. I shall assume full responsibility for losing them and apologize to Lord Vader. Meanwhile, continue to scan the area. Yes, Apology accepted, Captain Nida. So, let's talk about the newest film that's supposed to drop, the Ray film. 
And let's deep dive into this because this, I don't know why this is even news, but Kathleen Kennedy describes New Jedi Order and emphasizes that movies will release only when they're ready. In an interview with KK, uh, with Empire, KK says, what we're exploring is the evolution of the Jedi. We're going very far back. We're looking at the present, and now we're moving 15 years ahead of the rise of Skywalker. First Order has fallen. The Jedi are in chaos. I don't understand that. What Jedi? Yeah, what Jedi? The one that's, that's alive right now? There's even a question of how many exist anymore. And Ray's building the new Jedi Order based on the text that she was given and that Luke imparted on her. Kennedy also compared the releases strategy for upcoming Star Wars movies to James Fo- the James Bond film franchise, noting the goal for Lucasfilm is to develop an, audio- an abundance of projects that they feel confident in and that they will set the release dates when they feel that the time is right. Her quote was, I often brought up Bond, that's every three or four years, and that wasn't this pressure to feel like you had to have a movie every year. I feel that was very important to Star Wars. We have an event this we have to invent eyes this. It's much better to tell the truth that we're going to make these movies when they're ready to be made and release them when they're ready to be released. Now this statement bothered me tremendously because she criticized she credits James Bond with releasing her, the, the films every three years. But I know someone else. Who used to release his films every three years. Mm. And I'm not talking about you and your college films, Doc. I'm talking about the architect himself who had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, sir. Happy birthday. Who am I Uh, talking about? George Lucas, clearly 77, 80, 83. That was three years. And then he did uh, 99, 2005. And this this cunt. Like she made it up. Like she fucking invented it. Like, like, like Bond. You're going to compare your IP to James Bond. Now, I'm not saying that Bond's a bad IP, but you're Star Wars. Bond should be comparing themselves to you. What is wrong with you, lady? You really are a wrong fit for this IP, this brand. You need to go. And I'm sorry that I said that because for so long I was fighting the good fight for you, for Lucasfilm. Doc was fighting it up. Spear was hating, trying to kick it down. We were trying to hold the fourth down and do the right thing. And then we had egg on our on our face because it looked like all the haters from the internet trolls, from those group of people that just shit on Star Wars, shit on Star Wars. I forgot the name of them, what they were called. The Fandom Menace. Yes, the Fandom Menace. They were right. And we were wrong. You were right. You were right. Well played. Well played. I watched Return of the Jedi you know, two weeks ago, so it's, it's fresh in the mind. Well played. Uh, so you got to go, bro. Go back to making sandwiches for freaking Spielberg. Go get his coffee. Go produce <laughs> your movies. I don't care. Stop pushing this feminist agenda down everyone's throat. Look, I watched Visions season two. I thought it was well done. And I thought it was very well executed. I thought it was great. The only issue I had with it was every fucking story out of the nine stories that were given, every story, the main character Chick. was a female. Mm. Every story. 
Interesting. Okay. I wonder why. Then this Ray film. She comes out, gives uh, the thing to this Chinoit director, who might be a great director, but never directed a feature-legged film in her career. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. If that's the case, I want to run Disney, and I want to be the president of Lucasfilm, because I've never had a CEO position or a president position in, in, in corporate America, but I can do it, because... I, I've been working in corporate America and worked Fortune 500 companies for many years. So sounds like how I, Donald Trump got hired. Okay. Oh, yeah. Boy. So it's ridiculous. It's absolutely asinine that we have to go through this. And speaking of more asinine, it's acolyte. Your girl, Leslie Headland, confirms the upcoming. My, my girl. This is Harvey Feinstein's girl. Yeah. I mean, Harvey Weinstein's girl, Feinstein. <laughs> well, you know, Feinstein, Weinstein. Yeah. They're all Jewish. Iceberg, Goldberg. <laughs> you know that joke? Yes, I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Headland confirms the upcoming Star Wars series, The Acolyte. We'll look into what's going on for all of us right now. Because that's exactly what we need. We need to go to the TV. We need to go to the theater. And we, we need to. We need more woke agenda. We need more woke agenda. And we need more problems that's dividing this country being shown to us after we're going to the theater to try to escape the problems of the world. Perfect. Ridiculous. Fucking idiots. All of them. The acolyte creator, Leslie Headland, recently confirmed that the upcoming Star Wars series on Disney Plus will be a commentary on current American society, culture, and politics, a.k.a. woke, woke, and woke. And the problem is current... American society, culture, and politics is the drizzling shits. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. I've never seen the country more divided than it is right now over every little tidbit that's out there. But apparently, anyway, but, but apparently it sells tickets, so we're going to go right back to it. In an interview with Empire Magazine that was shared to the Star Wars Leaks subreddit, Headland discussed the series saying, when you're doing something completely original like we are, you want to question the status quo in the era you live in. She continued, what I think so interesting right now is that everyone thinks they are right. The Jedi really think they're right. And George Lucas tell us that they are wrong in the Phantom Menace. They missed the huge aspect of the dark side rising. This is for like fertile ground to, to look into and what's going on for all of us right now. When I was a young queer girl, great. Now, it doesn't bother me that you're, <laughs> that you're, that you're queer. <laughs> but come on, don't let your sexuality... Just be your 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 label. I was a young queer girl. <laughs> Easy, Joey. Tell. <laughs> what? I didn't hear you. <laughs> when I was a young queer girl, I was just hanging out with Ursula the Sea Witch from The Little Mermaid. Oh, she was at a wrestling show. Go figure. And she told the outlet, as a queer girl growing up, if you don't identify with the heroes and the villains show up and they're all queer coded. You're like, yes, that's me. What is queer coded? Queer coded. I guess, uh, yeah, I guess like Ursula looks like a big fat lesbian. I, I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, like they're not outrightly called queer, but they appear queer. Uh, listen, I'm trying to fucking make sense of fucking. She said, I think one of the things that would be helpful to kind of put in perspective is that we're at the end of that High Republic era and moving into more of George's era of the Phantom Menace. I don't even know where to begin with this, bro. I really don't. I told you this is going to be a fucking woke agenda show. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be nothing but wokeness. Yeah. And I have a very it's, bad feeling it is. It's been 
one af- one hit after the other with the announcement for the show and the, for the the presser that they did at the um at at, at celebration. So it's it's going to be interesting. And having that lead actress there just just going to be interesting. Talking about uh Star Wars the patriarchy. Yes. The patriarchy. No, it's not the patriarchy. Where the fuck have you been? Rogue One, female lead. Uh Rebels. You had Hera, you had Sabine Wren. We don't don't justify explaining yourself to these people. It's our podcast. With you. What's wrong with you? It's ridiculous. Just, just like when we had that chick from the Mary Sue one who couldn't hang with us. Yeah, that was the yeah, she should have made us a sandwich. I was too nice to her. Anyway. And she still fucking didn't get over. Of course. And speaking of over and sandwich makers, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we do a segment called Who's More Over? And what that means in wrestling lingo is who's more popular. Now, what we do is we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It could be a person. It could be a place. It could be a thing. It does not matter. We bring it to your attention. We ask you, the fans, who's more over? And we hopefully hear your takes. But most importantly, and the only one that really matters, because it's our podcast, we give you ours. So, Doc, what's on the what's on the marquee tonight, my friend? All right. So, on the marquee tonight, just because uh, I had a run-in with Rose Tico's cousin, we are looking at two ladies of the Star Wars universe, two integral ladies from the sequel trilogies. In one corner, we're gonna have the aforementioned Asian sensation, the girl who's got it all, except the Twitter account, Kelly Marie Tran. As the indomitable, the super cutesy, the should have had a love interest with Finn and got completely demoted in the third movie, Rose Tico. Finn, it's too late. Don't do this. No, I won't let them win. Versus, versus, um, the the leader of the woke agenda when it comes to Star Wars, the original purple haired. I'm going to sacrifice my whole life to save the whole world because I am the Earth Mother. Uh, played by Sissy Spacek, I don't know Meryl Streep, Glenn Close, one of those actresses. I can't remember which one it was. Um, Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. We'll throw it in there. Uh, Vice Admiral, or was she Admiral? I don't remember anymore. Holdo. Vice Admiral, Commander Damon. With our current fuel consumption, there's a very limited amount of time that we can stay out of range of those Star Destroyers. Very kind of you to make me aware. Let's get And we need to shake them before we can find a new base, so what's our plan? Our plan, Captain? Not Commander, right? Wasn't it Leia's last official act to demote you for your dreadnought plan? 
where we lost our entire bombing fleet. Captain, Commander, you can call me whatever you like. I just want to know what's going on. Of course you do. I understand. I've dealt with plenty of trigger-happy flyboys like you. You're impulsive. Dangerous. And the last thing we need right now. Hold on! Captain, you're not allowed it. Flyboy. Cut it, lady! Howard! Those transport ships are unarmed, unshielded. We abandon this cruiser, we're done. We don't stand a chance. No, you are not just a coward, you are a traitor. Get this man off my bridge. What's her name? Vivian Holdo? <laughs> Florence and the Machine Holdo? I don't, I don't know. Vice Admiral Holdo. Hold. Oh. <laughs> All right, hold on. I got to go to the page. Let's see what, what what Facebook has got to say here. All right, let's see what's on those uh those uh, polls. Right. Uh, it's still, hopefully it's not any of these two on the polls. Well, maybe Kelly Kelly Trent. Okay, let's see. I'm reading some comments first. Santiago Chuchin Todeo Chuchi says New Force Order. Rose Tico looks like homeboy oh, 88. <laughs> uh, and it's got the like, like it's Rose wearing that Mexican haircut like she has over there. Tremendous. That's pretty fucking funny. Okay, Chuchi, get a good one for that one. Uh, Adam to Jay's hold the maneuver is pretty cool. Otherwise, meh with both of them. Chuchi says again, ask Holly. I'm suffering Luke's death still in Disney. Don't know what that means. Um, Holly says, okay, April Fool's was a few months ago, Spiro. That's pretty funny. And Brandon Miller says, I'll plead the fifth. So with a resounding. <laughs> resounding. Because no one gives a fuck. <laughs> resounding one vote to no votes on Facebook. Vice Admiral Holdo wins. You want to know who's together to vote? Kevin Moran. And his name probably is why he voted. Um, so what about it? What about on IG? Going there right now, big guy. Hold on a second here. I gotta transfer my accounts over here. All right. Let's see here. Highlights on the ladies. <laughs> All right. So I did something special this year. This uh this um who's moreover. Okay. Um I put both choices, which I usually do, you know, to click one of them. And then I put below that because I was feeling a little ducky that night. Neither. I hate them both. And neither. I hate them both. One by 88 percent with Rose Tico garnering the other 12 percent. Wow. So, yeah, apparently. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, love for Admiral Haldo and or Rose Tico. Um, Looks like maybe a dead heat between the two of them, by the way. But if you count both. uh both polls together ladies and gentlemen we asked you guys to send us an email regarding this topic and if you didn't i don't blame you and any other segment uh to newforceorder at yahoo.com newforceorder at yahoo.com we have two emails i don't know if it's regarding this topic but let's go to the first one adam DeJanes. greetings infidel morons oops Wrong, Wrong podcast. podcast, yes. Yala. Mr. Horseman, we just filmed an episode this past Sunday. Go to, go to uh, what do you call it, Rumble. Wow, what uh, happened? Anything good? Uh, let me just, uh, just talk to shot, talk to shit. Uh, but regardless, it was awesome hearing from Spiro again. 
Yay, finally. Oh, yay finale of Mando was meh. Finally watching Bad Bad. Season one ending of Camino was pretty nuts. Anyway, love the show. Just saw Jedi in the theater on IMAX. First time for me and was fun. I'm catching my girlfriend up on all the movies now starting the series. I have a few drinks, so I forgot the point of my email. And a foe for life. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, bud. You can email us anytime you want, Adam. Homeboy88. Speaking who's, of. Uh, who's more over? Not Chuchis, that's for sure. That's the name of the fucking email. Okay. What a bottom of the barrel character wise, who's more over? Before I choose, since Chuchi shot first and missed like a spice strung out stormtrooper, I just want to say this to Chuch. Three years later, and my podcast is ranked all over the world. Three years later for you, Chooch, and no one knows your name. And it would always be the same. So cheers, Doc and GGP. I choose Rose Tico. I just uh, dropped a bomb on Coochman, on Choochman. Peace out, homeboys. NFO for life. Uh. I don't know how his podcast is ranked all over the world, but hey, more power to you, brother. Whatever, dude. I can care less. Um, all right. I'm, you just, go I'm first? just curious. Uh, sure, I'll go first. Before, before you go first, do you want to know why I was laughing? Why? When you when you, you know how you introduce the guy, we introduce the the opponent. Yes. But then on, when you edit the show, you put in the the voice clips. Yes. When you said Rose Tico, the only voice clip that came into my mind was Chuboku, Chuboku. I'm not, definitely not going to use that one. I know, but I just thought it was hilarious. Though it would be hilarious, I could tell you that. Because um, Finn would be Chuboku. Uh, so, you know, in, in, in it's my... It's funny because it's true. It's, it, in my haste of being excited to meet Kelly Marie Tran's cousin, uh, who's probably much well, less ex- excited to meet me, but... Well, it's funny. Uh, I don't recall. Actually, no, I do recall. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna re- remain her nameless so she doesn't get looked up by anybody. So are you telling me off here? You got it. Um, I, you know, I, I threw this in there so I, w- I wouldn't forget to tell this story, um, the Rose Tico story. But I said to myself, you know what? We've never done Rose against anybody or Hall though, so let, I think that's a, that's a, it's a good matchup between the two. And we haven't had who's moreover in an eternity. So here we are. Anyway. Um, you know, much like most of the things that 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 happened in the in the sequel trilogy, I think Rose got a really raw deal when it came to her writing, yeah. uh, her writing and and how she was voiced and how she was uh, portrayed on the screen. Not not really portrayed. I mean, Kelly Trin had to portray her in the way that Disney wanted to because hey, that's Disney. Um, I think her sister, the one who died. Uh, probably got a better shine and a better and a better spotlight than she did. So, which was is kind of an odd thing um, to think about. You know, a character that had literally two minutes of screen time getting more than one of the pushers over here. Did they include her to get an Asian character into Star Wars, which we really haven't had a ton of? I mean, you could think of Chimwit Uri, I guess, from Rogue that, One. That's not true because we had some in the OT. Asian characters? Yeah, they were flying X-wings. Return of the Jedi. They were flying X-wings. And, and Y-wing, yeah. yeah. Part of the. They, oh yeah, of, yeah. Well, maybe one or two, but but it was no one that that really had any good shine on them, right? Yeah, no. I, I guess you could say that the uh, the Trade Federation aliens, like New Gunray and uh, nine they, nine them. No, and no, but I'm saying also him nine. nine the the Trade Federation uh, aliens kind of sounded a little Asian, but they weren't really Asian, so. No. 
Oh, what are you, brain dead? Oh, great. Now there's two of them. <laughs> now there's two of them. <laughs> you like that mean lines. I said you? Yes. Classic fucking lines. Classic lines. Um, you know, I think that movie would have been a lot better if they didn't do that. But it gave you such classic lines from this movie that it's difficult to say. I, I, I wouldn't want it there. Anyway. Um, so do you think that they, they they kind of threw Rose in there because she's Asian and they wanted an Asian character to kind of play in a Star Wars movie as as a as a lead role? Yeah, I, I would probably say yes. Uh, I think Kelly Mitran's a fine actress. I think she got a raw deal. I think that it was a terrible spot for her to be in because it was going to be a no-win situation because what is she going to tell Lucasfilm? This is written pretty shittily. Uh, no thanks. Wasn't going to happen. So it's hard to blame her for that. Um Caldo again, another another, in my opinion, woke agenda, throwing her in there just because um, we need another strong female character lead that's going to sacrifice herself for the good of all. We talked about in the past how this could have been very easily been um, Admiral Akbar. It would have been a throwback to the Return of the Jedi, and it would have given the fans a little bit of meat to kind of chew on when it comes to OT characters that we that we love. I mean, who's who's loved more than Akbar? I mean. How many times a day do you walk around and go, it's a trap? I mean, I do it at least once a day. Every time um, I look at my wife. Exactly. At least once a day. So I think, you know, they threw her in there again, woke agenda again. Hey, let's get some uh, some more female shine in here. So the both of them really kind of fell to that, to that wayside. I'm not saying we can't have female characters, but, you know, don't do it for the sake of doing it. Make it make sense in the story where it should make sense. Anyway. Hold the maneuver, suicide kamikaze mission. We've seen the Japanese do that before ahead of time. Thanks, no thanks. Rostico, difficult to love. Hate what hate what the Star Wars universe and fandom did to her. So just because I really want to make some reparations with Rose Tico, I'm gonna pick Rose Tico. Gotcha. I'm gonna go with Rose Tico as well. Um, I think Kelly Marie Tran did a fine job acting wise. I thought she brought something to the story that was needed. New fresh face, new fresh flavor. Um mm. smells it tastes like tastes like Chinese. Nice. Um I didn't like the whole canto bite thing, but I did Terrible. like the I no, it wasn't her acting. The fact that she hated the rich and all that stuff and like she portrayed it properly. Like her acting to the to the scene was fine. Just the whole premise of the scene was overdone. Yeah. Um fact that she got the boot in episode nine was a shame. Um she got the big boot and then the leg drop on top of that. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh but Haldo again, she wasn't played bad. I just she was a bland character with fucking purple hair. I didn't, I didn't, I, and supposedly she was one of Leia's closest friends that you only knew that if you read the Leia book. Um, and then on top of that, it just, why not just tell uh, Finn the plan? Well, why, why drag this all out for no apparent reason? Uh, oh, because there might be a stool pigeon on board or, or there might be a traitor or, or a spy. Well, then mention that. Mention that to like Leia or something, you know what I mean? Clarify your stance, you know. And Leia's by knocked out in the bed because of the freaking Mary Poppins thing, 
just have a scene where she's sitting by her bed, look, I really want to tell this hotshot pilot the 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 whole the whole you know plan the whole story, but this we believe there's a spy on board. I don't know who it is. Can't trust anybody. I don't want this information getting out. You know what I'm saying? And then mm. destroying the base before we even get there. You know something like that. Yeah. But again, the execution of many things in the sequel trilogy is the main problem. Uh, I'm watching a two hour maybe two-and-a-half-hour version of Kenobi right now. Um, and um, it's not the Kai Patterson cut. It's another cut. But um, he took out certain things that I liked from the show. But a lot of stuff that we didn't like, like the whole episode four, where she got kidnapped again, mm-hmm. and she was on that base, and they snuck her in the jacket. It's not even in the cut. Thank God. And you don't even miss it. And he turned the six-hour thing into like two-and-a-half-hour movie. And so far, it's been okay. Um, so again, it's poor writing. I just subscribed to this one guy's YouTube channel. He fixed the scene with editing. With uh, Was it clever editing? Clever editing. It was tremendous editing. In Kenobi, where, he, where Vader captures the ship, and then the second one takes off. Remember, we're like, well, if they had two ships, why didn't they just take off in the beginning? Like, yep. why, you know, like the, the writing itself made no sense. And he was able to fix it. And all these little plot holes, he has like 30 second to like two minute clip videos where he fixes it to make sense. And it's like, wait a minute, this is a fucking YouTuber who has his own channel <laughs> and yet a, a billion dollar company can't do things right. Like, this is the this is the age we're living in. The fact that they did a sequel trilogy that we're like, no way they they Paid $4 billion is not going to spit out three movies that don't talk well to each other. Meanwhile, everyone in the fandom menace was saying these movies are not going to talk well to each other. They don't know what they're doing. They're making it up as they go along. We're like, no way they don't have a game plan. And now, lo and behold, they never had a game plan. So, anyway. It it almost shows you that you can, like, walk in corporate America and be like, yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah, they do whatever. Yeah, it's that fucking I'm too big to fail nonsense that that. It's a recipe for freaking disaster, big time. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that was over. We both Wait, picked the. Uh, you, you picked. You picked. Uh, I picked. Uh, I, we, yeah, we all picked Kelly Marie Tran. Um, Holdo was just a weak character. It should have been Akbar in that ship. Hell yeah. Not her or her and Akbar together. You know what I mean? Hold and, my uh, hand while we go down. Maybe uh, put my calamari in your mouth. You know, something like that. Or they needed two people to operate the, to make the Holdo maneuver work or whatever. And then Akbar could be yelling at the screen, and then she yells at them, because it's a trap! And then Akbar looks at her sideways like, bitch, that's my line. What are you doing? Anyway, um, newforceorder at yahoo.com. Email us pertaining over or anything else. Or, you know what, maybe we'll start a new new segment on the show where we answer Q&A. We do a Q&A segment and have the fans ask us questions, and we answer them. I think that's pretty interesting. Maybe it would be more interactive. Any question. Any question. But we, since we're talking about female characters and Asian characters, one female Asian character from that did a great job on Star Wars was Ming Na Wen. Oh, she did. Oh yeah. And what she and this article states what she wants to see in Book of Boba Fett season two, if there's a season see two. Money. She wants to see money. Uh, she states, I would like to see what they do with their, you know. He's the Lord of of Lord now of Tatooine, and he's managing to have 
some control, but he was trying to do it one way, and I'm not sure how effective it was. He was trying to have a great honor system. I would love to see him that he turns back to a bit of more like what Boba Fett was in the beginning, really? able <laughs> able to maintain justice or accomplish what he needs to accomplish on Tatooine, and then ultimately just have a lot of fun battle scenes. So even I mean, first it was uh, tomorrow Morrison. Talking my language right now. Now it's uh, Ming Na Win saying that hey, let's uh, let's book Boba Fett properly back to what he was. Fucking not not this fucking soy boy you guys turned him into. Anyway, uh, makes sense to me. Makes fucking more sense. It's uh, it's a layup. There's a new book coming out, Doc. I know you don't read books, but it's called Star Wars Inquisitor: Rise of the Red Blade. Did you even see it? No, I did not comes out it. July 18th. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yes, I can tell. It's gonna be, it's gonna be I'm awesome. so excited. I'm I so excited. Tonight? Come on. Wait, what am I gonna wear? Jesse, remember? Lisa's bringing your costume. Right, I gotta wash my hair. No, there's no time. No time. There's never any time. I don't have time to study. I'll never get into Stanford. I'll let everyone down. I'm so confused. Jesse, hey, hey, just calm down. It's okay. You're right. It's okay. Everything will be okay. Yeah. I just need one of these. Pills? You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them, Zach. I have to sing. Jesse, you can't sing tonight. Yes, I can. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Jesse, Jesse. I'm so, I'm so excited. Anyway, uh, uh, Delilah S. Dawson returns to Star Wars with this ju this July with the brand new novel Star Wars Inquisitor: Rise of the Red Blade. It will be the first complete look in how a Jedi falls from grace into the ranks of Inquisitors. For the few not in the know at this point, the Inquisitors were a group of Jedi hunters put together by the Emperor Post Order sixty six. They were governed by Darth Vader. Rise of the Red Blade will follow Iscat Akaris, an Inquisitor introduced in Charles Schwab's Darth Vader comic series in 2018. This is the third original Star Wars novel from Dawson. She's previously written Star Wars Phasma, a tie-in book for The Last Jedi that unveiled the backstory of Captain Phasma and explored the politics of the First Order. It was praised for being Mad Max in space. Dawson then wrote in spiritual sequel Star Wars Black Spire Outpost, which was a novel about how the Resistance found themselves on Batu. So. We're looking to rob all the fans of their money. That's how we found ourselves on Batu. <laughs> uh, tremendous. Doc, guess what? Um, you just made the list. You just made the list. That's right. You just made the fucking list, mate. All right, we do a show here called You um, You Just Made the List. What that entails is we go on the interwebs, we find a bunch of lists ranking certain things out of Star Wars, then we bring it to your attention. Then we see if the lists are any good or they're skata, basura, garbage, mierda. So, horrible. Joey Tell, <laughs> Cade Lothbrook, Alvin Alvarez, whatever you want to, whatever words you want to use. Anyway. Let's see, Doc. I what? 
No, I was I clicked one of the lists and it was the video, so we're not doing that, obviously. There's seven lists here. You go pick first. Seven lists. Okay, I'm thumbing through here because I've never sent a summary, so I'm just looking through the ones. Oh, you know. fucking piece of shit. I sent you the summary. It did not go through, my friend. Did not go through. Um, Let's see here. Why don't you find one while I'm thumbing through over here to look right. for one? One Princess Leia quote redefined Star Wars' biggest theme. That's really not a list. Top 100 reasons why they shouldn't have brought back Palpatine. Um, no, we don't. That, that's not any of the risk lists I gave you, dude. Five, five, okay, go, way, go. Fi- five ways Lucas's original prequel plans differed from the movies. Number five. Anakin gradually killed off the Jedi. One of the largest changes from Lucas's original prequel plan and what was seen in the prequels was how Order 66 played out. According to Star Wars Archives, Episode 1 to 3, 1999 to 2005, Lucas didn't have Anakin go and kill the Jedi at the temple all at once. Instead, Anakin went out on missions with other Jedi, as per usual, then proceeded to kill them off one by one when they returned their backs on him. At this point, Anakin really believed the Jedi were wrong and he was willing to sacrifice anyone who got in the Palpatine's way. Um, having Anakin slowly kill off the Jedi of his own volition would have put a much darker spin on the prequel trilogy. Towards the beginning of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, Anakin seemed to be the victim of Palpatine's manipulation. Only later, when Padme's survival is threatened, does he continue consciously make the decision to fully betray the Jedi, cut down those who oppose Palpatine. Had Lucas gone with his original plans for the prequels, Anakin would have been a cold-blooded serial killer from the beginning. He carefully witted the Jedi ranks down until there was enough to resist. That was horrible. I don't think he, I think he made the right decision by changing it. Yes. Padme was the one who first discovered Anakin's betrayal. Ooh, I didn't know that. Instead of Obi-Wan Kenobi being the first one to see the strain of Anakin's responsibilities, Lucas Lee originally planned for Padme to be the first one to put the pieces of Anakin's betrayal together. This idea lined up with Lucas's original draft of Star Wars Episode One: of Phantom Menace, which featured an unexpected Star Wars love triangle involving Padme, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. According Whoa. to Lucas, Anakin's worsening attitude at home would lead Padme to suspect that something was happening to him. After fitting for character... She would be the first one to take action and try to fix the mess Anakin caused. Blah 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 blah. Padme did not child and did not die in childbirth. Another huge change in Lucas's original prequel vision was that Padme survived childbirth instead of losing the will to live. Padme would have had the twins and would be there for them for a while. In Star Wars archives, Lucas initially planned for Luke or Leia to be at least six months old before Obi Wan suggested they be split up. And hidden from the Empire. Even in 81, Lucas was firm on the idea that Obi-Wan taking Luke to Tatooine to be with Arn and Brew. While Leia was sent to Alderaan for Padme. With well, Padme. You, you remember, we asked do you remember your mother? I remember yeah. her. Interesting why they changed it. Leia knew about Padme. Lucas' original plans for the prequel trilogy explained why Leia remained better. We just said that. Obi-Wan blamed himself for Anakin's turn to the dark side. And the oldest one in the Disney Plus series... Went further from the original, showing that Obi-Wan's remorse for Anakin turned into the dark side. But Luke's original notes on the prequel trilogy had him taking the blame on himself for his pupils' actions. According to Lucas, Obi-Wan felt that like he didn't give Anakin enough training, later wishing he had sent him to Yoda rather than trying to train Skywalker himself. In Lucas's mind, Obi-Wan was prideful in thinking he could br- brittle and guide Anakin's power, which 
was ultimately led to Anakin embrace the dark side. Okay. Eh. That list was meh. Started off okay, then fell. But anyway, go All on. Right. I got a list. Here we go. Uh, eight deleted scenes that improved the Star Wars prequels. Okay, number one. Cut Phantom Menacing explored Anakin's life on Tatooine. This is the one where he gets to do a fist fight with a young Gorito and uh, throws him on the floor and beats his ass. And then uh, Qui-Gon comes in and helps him out. Um, Naboo Phantom Menacing highlighted the Jedi's skills. There's a cut that showed Qui-Gon, his apprentice Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Jar Jar Binks escaping from their underwater sub before it fell over the water on the planet Naboo. But they cut that out. Anakin meets Padme's family in Attack of the Clones, which we never saw. We never saw him get the old rub from, uh, you know, uh, Grandpa over there, which were in two deleted scenes. In the planet Naboo, they get to interact with her family. One of the scenes Anakin is seen walking through a garden with Padme's father, Rui, discussing her safety. Another sequence, Admi and Padme, Anakin and Padme have a meal with her parents and sister. Later, Padme's sister Sola calls Anakin her boyfriend, which she denies. He calls them just friends. Um, five, Doku's interrogation of Padme added more depth to her storyline. Um, apparently, Count Doku was seen interrogating Padme on the planet of Geonosis. In the scene, Doku tells Padme that if she and Naboo join a separate alliance, he would consider letting Obi-Wan Kenobi out of captivity. Padme rejects his offer, citing that she has worked too hard on the Republic to abandon it. Kaya Mundi's cut attack of the clone scene showed his power and skill. So apparently there was a scene where our cone-headed friend was whipping some clone ass before he got out, uh, before we saw him get uh, mowed down and killed. Three, the birth of the rebellion was cut from Revenge of the Sith. So there was a um, Yeah, I know scene- this. Yep, scene where with Bail Organa and with Mon Mothma and with all the other big players of the rebellion and them meeting together and discussing uh, forming the rebellion, which they should have left there. Two, Qui-Gon's Force Ghost was originally more prominent in Revenge of the Sith. Interesting. Um, so there would have been a Qui-Gon Force Ghost uh, of him reaching out to Master Yoda and explaining to Yoda that this is power is possible. Um, would that have further cheapened the Obi-Wan Kenobi Force Ghost? I think it would have. And one extended version of Order 66 featured more action in Kashyyyk, where they were going after Jedi on Kashyyyk, and the Wookiees were helping the Jedi defeat the army of clones. Allegedly, there's like a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour cut of episode three. That'd be dope. I'll watch it. All right, let's see. Okay, Ahsoka's villains aren't Sith... Or Inquisitors. So what are they? Five theories. We're talking Ch- about Balin and Shin. Chipotle. Taco Bell. Nice. Let's see. Uh, Number five. The Acolytes of the Beyond may join forces with Thrawn. Known as the Acolytes of Beyond, this dark side cult was prevalent during the post-Empire era, led by Palpatine's former advisors, Yuptashu. The Acolytes God bless not- you. You're welcome. Uh, you're not regard. <laughs> Fuck you, got me. The acolytes are not regarded very highly by the emperor following his res- res- resurrection. Though he did respect their mission, collecting artifacts, desire to gain power, to honor the fallen Sith of the past by collecting objects such as lightsabers, holocrons, and more. The hope was to bring the Sith back to the galaxy that was gradually being redeemed by the New Republic. Ahsoka's villains could be Force users from another Star Wars reality. In the another, first trailer another mother. of Ahsoka, Balin is featured dueling 
The titular former Jedi surrounded by what mm. looks like an entry of the world between worlds. Mystical plane and the force existing outside of time and space. This room was discovered by Ezra Bridger during Rebels. As such, growing theories that Balin and Shin might have come from an alternate reality in the force, having found their way to the main Star Wars galaxy via the world between worlds. Likewise, perhaps they will be allied with Thrawn, either with a promise to help them return to their own time, or conversely offering power in this new reality they found themselves in. Number three, Ahsoka's villains could be dark clones, replacing legend characters. We're talking about from the legend books from Timothy Zahn that... that um, Jorah Seabath? Uh, yeah, Jorah Seabath was a clone Jedi uh, uh, from the, from the past who'd been corrupted by the dark side. Also a clone dark side of Luke with two U's. Um, number two, dark Jedi from the ancient Star Wars past could return in Ashoka. In a similar vein, in a similar vein to the aforementioned world between worlds, Balin and Shin could have come from the ancient past to the present, or the same Star Wars galaxy. Perhaps they'll be belong to the High Republic era before finding them in the mystical plane, and evidently travel to the current period of the New Republic. Blah 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 blah. Ahsoka's villains could threaten to be could threaten the Chosen One prophecy. There's also an intriguing idea that Balin and Shin will be using the world between worlds to subvert the prophecy of the Chosen One. This would be quite an ambitious plan where Balin is perhaps aware of Anakin Skywalker's role as the one who brings balance to the Force, seeking to overwrite the prophecy by altering the past. This would certainly make stopping the duo a personal mission for Tano, though it's important to note that this theory and all the proposed ideas have pure conjecture. Uh, much more will be learned from Balin and Skull Shin uh, Hades' roles in the upcoming Ahsoka Disney Plus series. Awesome. That, yeah. Ten sure. actors who almost played Princess Leia in Star Wars. She's married. She's married. Otto Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Number ten, Lala Ward uh, played uh, Romana Two on Doctor Who from seventy-one to eighty-one. Nobody cares. Jane Seymour. That would have been interesting. She's a pretty famous actor. She was in a bunch of Bond movies. Uh, Gina Davis. Also interesting. Number seven. This is a good one. Can I can see it? Sigourney Weaver. Uh oh. What a great wreck she had in the first Alien movie. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Kim Bassinger. Ooh. Angelica Houston. Yeah. Sissy Spacek, who was in uh, yeah. Carrie. Cindy Williams. Uh, she was on Happy Days. She was uh, Shirley Feeney on Happy Days. Okay. Um, and she was on American Graffiti as well. So, what's his name? Harrison Ford, Prime Wagner. Jodie Foster. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. And then number one was Meryl Streep. I can't see anyone else but Carrie Fisher. Yeah, well, me neither. That's the reason for that. All right. You want to go through the other ones? Or you just want to take uh, it home? Let's see. There's one more list here. I'll read this one. Ten ways Ray's Jedi Order will be different in the prequels. Let's see. Number ten. Ray's Order will have a single leader. Yeah, no shit. Ray's Jedi Order will have adult students. Yep, no shit. Ray's Jedi Order can be guided by the Force Ghost. Yep, no shit. Ray's Jedi seem influenced by the original Jedi. Uh, okay. Uh, Ray's Jedi Order would likely allow attachments. That's fantastic. Thank you. Ray's Jedi Order will be not as dogmatic as the prequel error. They could embrace both the light and the dark side of the Force, which could be interesting. Uh, they would be less militaristic than the prequels. And let's see, what else here? 
could avoid the prequel's political mistakes and likely will not be antagonist to the Sith will not be antagonist at Ray's Jedi Order, which makes sense. That sounds good. <clears throat> I'll take some. I'll leave some. Either way, we're good. Gotcha. Anything else you want to add? Um, no. Okay. Let them know they can find you at. You can find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O, Instagram, Alex Royo MD on Twitter, and Alex Royo on Facebook. You can find me at Greek God Papadon on Twitter and Instagram, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Pro Wrestling Tea slash Greek God Papadon is a pro wrestling tea store. Go get your GGP shirts. Uh, Greek God Papadon on YouTube. That's my page. Go like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Just put up a new match. I'm going to put up some new matches this week as well. Um, ladies and gentlemen, um, thank you. Thank you for giving us your time and your ears. Hopefully we enlightened you. Hopefully we entertained you. And most importantly, we did what we always set out to do. That's get Star Wars more over with you. And not get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. This has been another exciting edition of the New Force Order for life. And that's just too sweet. The time. Sorry. Henceforth, you should be known as the New Force Order. I'm too tired to do the voice tonight. Good night. I remember most clearly was my first day in the Millennium Falcon. I said to him, okay, how do you fly this? How do you fly it? George, how do you fly it? Well, you, uh, you, you know, you, uh, you see how, you just fly it. Is where the fun begins. I remember. And the first three are based on the backstory that relates to where everybody came from, how they got there, uh, what their relationships are. Has this backstory been in your head all along from the inception? Or yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I had to do the backstory in order to write the first three. Uh, I had to know where Darth Vader came from. I had to know what his relationship to Luke was. I had to know how Ben Kenobi figured in all of this. Um, you know, and I had to realize that there were, you know, I had to understand that there were twins. And the whole arc of the story uh, in, the, in the three that are out there now is really the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. And so the first three are really, that I'm writing now, are really about Anakin Skywalker. So now you have a redemption of somebody that you don't really even know. He's just always in a black suit. But you don't know how he fell from grace and the, the trauma that went through to get him to there. And then his son brings him back. But it's, um, you know, and the real story hasn't even been told yet. And the